This is a parental guidance moment. Welcome back to the Sunday service. It's the home of the Hostel Gospel, the world's shittest podcast, dude. I've got a very special guest with me today, a Melbourne-based comedian who's recently moved up to Newcastle, Mr. Joel Pierce. How are you, sir? Oh, good, man. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on, brother. I think shittest podcast. I think there's some few contenders. I know. I've, uh, p- people, are, people hit me up regularly and say, I don't know, man. And I was just like, well... I've got low self-esteem, so there's how about some, that? There's some well... Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> there's some well-listened-to podcasts that are definitely shitter. Oh, 100%. There's, uh, yeah, there's there's a plethora of shit podcasts. So that's why I, I wasn't afraid to just make one. Yeah, well, if you don't, t- if you take the title, then it's yours. Yeah, that's right. Like, and if and if anyone tries to heckle you, it's like your podcast is shit. It's like that's the whole point of my podcast. I've actually dude. got mates in Melbourne that do a, a podcast called Car Car Cast, and they call it the number two podcast in the world because Car Car, right? So they're, they're technically going for a shit podcast. Yeah, um, it's a common, and I think it's just an Australian thing as well. Don't yeah. like to act like we're the best, but no, nah. um, mate, it's, these beers are staring at me. By the way, oh. so. I reckon we uh, I reckon we get into a little bit of this one. Cream. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, this is the world's shittest podcast." And that's probably the world's worst sleep, worst poured beer I think I've seen. But yep. um, great job! <laughs> it got in my head. I, I heard a guy uh, doing it like, "This is exactly this is how you're supposed to pour it." And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna tri- nah, wrong. Nah. The guy's wrong. The guy you've is you've got to go with the tilt." And yeah, it depends on what kind of glass you've got as well. True. Um, but just quickly, when you hear that VB theme song as a Victorian, does it like does it get movement Mate, down right below? in the feels? Yeah. Right in the feels. Um, I, I just want to be like, give it the you can get it fucking driving a car. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. So we've got a Cooper's Brewery uh, today. This is the twenty twenty one vintage. So uh, I've been instructed that you can age these beers. So I purchased this case last year. Right. And then I've kept it in a nice, cool, dry place for a year. So it's been a year, and I think it's time to give it a crack. Can you can you age booze, though, in the bottle? I believe you can, and I think they say with this one you can age it up to, like, kind of five years or so. Right. Um, but they have heard of people aging it longer. So, Fair But enough. with, like, I don't have a proper place to kind of store it. So anyway, let's see how she goes. Cheers. Cheers. Nice. Not too bad at all. Definitely tastes like a Cooper's. 100%. I had, um, I really wish that I like had written down, because I tried one when I first got it, mm-hmm. just to, it, I just couldn't have like, the fact that I kept a beer in my house and I didn't drink it for a year is, I am very proud of that myself. D- yeah, that deserve, deserves its own reward or award. I had to stash, I had to stash it over there yeah, and just hide, hide it. it from yourself. Hide yeah. it from myself. <laughs> I was like, it'll be worth it. And now that I've waited a year, I don't, I can't remember what the original one tastes like. But it is nice. It's pretty tasty. We'll definitely go again. 
It, it comes on comes on slow. Like you get that first, like oh yeah, that's a Cooper's, but then it's like oh no, this is something a bit more special. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I know that the vintage is coming out again. So if uh, if you're a Cooper's fan, you can't go wrong with getting getting yourself a little bit of vintage ale. You should be able to get it at Dan Murphy's or anything. Do you remember um, when they tried to cancel Cooper's? No. Yeah, so it was well, so pre-pandemic. They um, the owners, the, I guess the Cooper's family, came out with some like really anti-homophobic, well not anti-homophobic, actually homophobic stuff. So like for a I don't know six month period, there was like cancel fucking don't boycott Coopers, they're fucking anti-gay, blah blah blah. Wow, it lasted all of about eight minutes. Everyone's like, I fucking love pale ale. I'm not <laughs> like even gay dudes are like, I love that shit. I'm fucking drinking I'm it. Going there. it, yeah. yeah. And plus, like Coopers, if you look at their beers in a lineup, they've basically got the rainbow flag. They anyway. do, yeah. They got purple XPA, the, the blue tropical. Yeah, the yeah. the um, what is the blue one called? A Pacific ale. Yep. They've got the red sparkling ale. Yep. The green pale ale and the uh, orange mid. There you go. They've got every color. What do they need? Yeah. Yellow. Is that the... No, that's... Oh, like yellow, the they've got best extra stout. Yeah. They've got it. They've done it. They've nailed it. So what are fucking... What are the guys complaining about? Yeah, fuck. If anything, they're fucking... They're pro. They're about it. Yeah. Um, So we had some interesting gigs this week. Mm. Open mic night on uh, Tuesday night. Which was good as always. Always good. It's like... The first time you came there, like I remember, there was 90 people at an open yeah, mic. Fucking crazy. It was fucking hectic. I, I couldn't get a seat. I was like, what is happening I, here? I didn't know, understand. I was just like, okay, open mic is going to be the same as Melbourne or Sydney. Eight to 12 comics, maybe a girlfriend, and two people that have walked in off the street and aren't sure what it is. Even though it says Newcastle Comedy Club outside, they're still like, I wonder if this is still a barbershop. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, it was fucking packed. It was pissing rain sideways too. I was like, oh, it's going to be a quiet night, you know. Oh, at least I'll get to meet people. And but No, nah, it was like, okay, cool. High fucking pressure straight off the bat, um, which was great. It was good to have that experience that first night because I had the showcase on the Saturday. So I wanted to get like a sense of what the club was like and I thought, oh, the open mic will be good because it'll be quiet. Nah, straight in the fucking Dang. deep end, yeah. Um, didn't do fucking great, but, you know, whatever. It's a open mic. You can still and re- it's for, it's reconcile that into say, oh, it does, doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's a trying shit as well. Like yeah. the past kind of few weeks I've been, yeah, trying to encourage myself just to try more shit. And, um, yeah, I found out earlier in the week that I can impersonate Jordan Peterson to a degree. So right. I was just like, I'm like, I might have. Because I figured out his voice is literally Kermit the Frog meets a Canadian. Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah, so yeah. he's yeah, like, and he he was ranting about fat women. Like, I don't know, did you see any of that? No, I kind of steer clear of him. Yeah, he just he just pops up on my feed. So like, he was yeah, he's like, all all you wokesters out there that are telling me that that I have to conform to your beauty norms. Well, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> you were wrong, piggy. <laughs> <laughs> he it was so good. Jordan Peterson turned up to an open mic in Melbourne. What? Yeah, so there's a, uh, one of my favourite gigs, Dirty Secrets. It's in like a basement of this really cool bar in Collingwood. And yeah, he rocked up sitting in the audience. So a bunch of the – I wasn't there that night, but a bunch of comedians, yeah, got to meet him. And he yeah turned up to an open mic in Melbourne once. That's so bizarre. Yeah, man. I didn't of pitch- all the fucking things that he could have done that night, he ended up there. And I, he doesn't strike me as a comedy fan. Like he, I suppose everyone kind of likes having a laugh, yeah. but – 
Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, sorry. What am I going to do? <laughs> well, I'm out and about town in Melbourne here, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, I want to... Yeah, there's a few open micers that still hang their, their hat on the fact that they met Jordan Peterson and got to perform in front of him. What a sad existence, really, <laughs> of all the people. Um, how fucking funny was... Um, so, guys, there's this, there's this com- comedian called... Uh, Jordan, is it? Right, not Jordan. Jared. Jared. Fuck, I got Jordan on my mind. Um, <laughs> Jared, one of the comedians. One of the funniest dudes off stage you'll ever meet. He's a lunatic. He's fucking hilarious. He's just like, he, you know the kid that had undiagnosed ADD at school? Like, that's like, <laughs> he's got such a unique energy. He's fucking hilarious. So he, two weeks ago, was telling us that he's gone on this date with a girl and he was Super happy about it. Yeah, cosplayer. Yeah, then she's in, yeah, into cosplay and gaming, which I assume he was, must... Was it that she cosplayed as uh, Kim Possible? Was that it? I think that's what it was, which to, I, I don't get the reference. Like, I know of the cartoon, but I'm yeah. maybe a bit older that I, I think, didn't watch it. Yeah, I think... I can't remember the ins and outs of that show. No. I know that there was definitely a hamster. Right. That sounds right up Jared's alley. <laughs> 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 so, it was... He's a funny cunt. He, um... He's like, oh, so this week he's like, oh, the girl that I'm dating, I've I've brought along to an open mic night. Second date. Second date. And we're all like, oh, fuck, this could go one or two ways. Either you have a really good set yeah. and she thinks that you are what you say you are, which yeah, is yeah, a funny yeah. cut, or there's the opposite of you just, you bomb and it's just fucking disgraceful. And I don't think that old mate Bentley helped him out by... Announcing to the crowd. No, or that some of the other comics at the back started booing as he went on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was McLennan. Like McLennan and Broden were sitting at the back. And as they soon booed as he, him. As soon as he started making his walk towards the stage, boo. And I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, way to fucking sell him to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that sounds harsh, but I'm sure you can imagine. Comedians, that's what they Dude, do. They take the piss out tell of us? Like, sneak her in, put her in the audience. Don't fucking tell us that. You've brought her because we're all like, A, we're like, oh, well, let's, you know, see how he's doing. But why the fuck would you bring a date? Like, it's not a good idea. No. Especially, not even especially, it doesn't matter what kind of material you do, but with Jared and his material, why are you going to bring a chick and be like, oh, fuck chickens, you know? like, <laughs> Yeah, like he's just, he's a, he's a left field kind of guy, but he really feeds off the audience as yeah. well. So like when he's doing well, He's just, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he goes really he builds, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, <laughs> old mate Bentley did him a bit of a dirty, but just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what he said, but he's like, oh, this guy bought his date. Like I bought a date on a uh, date with him. Yeah. The next comedian bought a date with him or something like that. So they'll either date again or never again yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm butchering it, but he said something and just set him up for basically for disaster. hundred percent. And that's what happened. Poor Jared, poor Jared bombed and fucking. I'm looking forward to the, the follow-up on Tuesday and, and seeing if they're still dating or what she thought. Yeah. I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a bee in his bonnet and will want to redeem himself as well. Cause the week before it was pretty funny. Like, yeah. He did well the week before. Yeah. He killed it the week before it was like, uh, I haven't seen him too many times. That was probably the best that yeah. I've seen him perform. Yeah. And he's talking about fucking Luke's sister. So Luke is, yeah, his Luke Dylan, who's been on the podcast before is another comedian at the club. And yeah, Jared was, Jared was just riffing about fucking his sister and it was, yeah. It was have you have you ever done it? Have you ever brought a date or, or someone you're seeing to come see you perform? No, like I've never said like, would you like to come and watch me do comedy? Yeah. Um, my partner who you met just before yeah. 
quite early on when we were dating, um, she was like, oh, me and my sister want to come. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Come and watch. And I don't know. I kind of like p- performing in front of random people. Yeah. Because, like, to me, that's the ultimate test. Can I yeah. win, win them over? If I have friends that come and watch, I generally like to give them a heads up and be like, these are the ground rules. Please don't sit in the front row. Yeah, Please yeah, don't yeah, film, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then a few weeks ago, like the pub that I used to work at where I was just at before, a few of the regulars wanted to come one week. Yeah. They've rocked up with a case. They bought their own beers. I remember them. Yeah. They were great. And then just sat in the front row and I was like, fuck, like everything I said, like don't heckle, don't sit in the front row. Yeah, they failed all. They just, yeah, they just, yeah didn't, didn't <laughs> acknowledge anything that I said and then we're like, we're just going to heckle everyone. And it was super embarrassing. I was yeah. like, fuck. Like I... I hang out with the bearded bloke sometimes, but the other two I never hang out with. I'll see him at the pub or whatever, make small talk with him. And it was just so embarrassing because I was like, oh man, like it's just such a disrespected art form as it is. I love the balls of them bringing their own fucking slab though. It was so funny. And then, and then I was like, what are you doing? Like, why do you got these beers here? They're like, and then Elliot's like, yeah, what's the go with that? And they're like, oh, Brad told us it was BYO. It's like <laughs> Three under the bus. I was like, no, I didn't, you fucking dogs. It's like, how do you expect them to make money? Wow. Um, so, yeah, Tuesday night was Tuesday night was good. Yeah. Um, obviously, with, the, with it raining sideways, there wasn't a heap of audience members, but there's still probably, what, 25? Yeah, 25, I'd, I'd guess. yeah. Um, which is so, so good. Like, guys, open mic night is generally, like you'll be doing it at a chicken shop. Mm-hmm. People are there to eat chicken, not to watch you do comedy. And Even you look if it's like a, a bar, f- the footy's usually on in the background or fucking whatever's on in the background. Um, and the people who are there are not there to see comedy. They're there to catch up with their friends, eat dinner, whatever the fuck else. And it's like an assault on their senses. Like, what the fuck? Why is this guy up the front? I didn't realise it was a fucking AA meeting tonight, you know? Yeah. Like, and... They either get on board or they just completely fucking ignore what's happening, you know, and talk over it. And I think that, like, a room, like, the aesthetics of a room dictates so much mm-hmm. of of the comedy. Like like you said, you can't have TVs on. No. And, like, one of my mates was talking about doing comedy. Like, he was doing comedy and they literally, yeah, had the football on, like, on a screen yeah. behind him. And people yeah, I've, are like... I've done gigs where the football's been on a TV, like, over your shoulder. And you think everyone's looking at you, but you can see that they're just looking up and to the left a little bit. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, cool. What's the score? Um, unless you can fucking be more entertaining than the game. It's like even food. If you're competing with people eating, like you're not funnier than no. their, their meal. Like they're going to be more invested. Their in human needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food. 100%. Yeah. Um, oh, I've done some shockers. Like a fucking taco restaurant where it's like, $4 tacos. Everyone's fucking stoked to get there and get a cheap feed. The last thing they want is someone getting up and be like, oh, so, you know, I fucked this chick. You know, no one gives us, no one wants to hear that shit. No. Especially while they're eating their food. Yeah, you're exactly They've come right. to talk to each other, not be talked at by a fucking stranger who wants to, you know. <laughs> Please validate me yeah, and give yeah, me yeah. attention over your tacos. And they're like, all right, you're fucking mentally ill weird cunt. Get away from me. <laughs> Yeah, so it the, is a sliding scale of mental illness in the in the comedy scene. Hey? I think there's like a healthy dose in every comedy scene that you go to, and then like with most people, you're figuring out you're like, is this where does this guy fit on the spectrum yeah. of mental health? Like, is he yeah, yeah, yeah. is he really narcissistic and thinks that he's the greatest thing in the world, or is he like like some people are just like completely just left field, like that chick on Wednesday night, dude. 
So Wednesday night there was another open mic night and I could, I, I'm trying to think of how I could describe this lady. She had like short hair but she was wearing a beanie. Yeah. It was like a, no, it was a headband. I think she had a headband on but she essentially had a fucking shaved head. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't a full beanie. Oh, that's like an ear warmer headband. Yeah, like, 100%. Is that what it was? Yeah. Fucking hell. Then she was wearing, honestly, like, picture Rocky Balboa's, like, <laughs> grey tracksuit pants. <laughs> she was wearing that with, like, a matching grey singlet. She was overweight and had, like, a bit of a bit of a gunt going on. Yep. And, hey, I'm not – I can't throw stones at anyone for being a fat, dumb dog, but – Honestly, like... Well, if you're going to be on stage, you've got to, like, be more presentable than the people in the fucking audience, at yeah. least. You know what I mean? That like, being said, it was You Mayfield. had your nice fucking... That that night, you had your, like, Splendor in the Grass hat going on, Had you my know? Cooper on, yeah. yeah. I was feeling myself. Um, yeah, I put on my jacket, you know? It's like, it's you You need to look authoritative. Yeah. So when you get on stage, you look like the most important person in the room. 100%. Like, I've turned up... To gigs where I'm just like, oh, fuck it, just wear the tracksuit or whatever I was wearing that day. Nine times out of ten, they're like, who the fuck's this homeless cunt that's walking yeah. off the street? <laughs> like, you need to look at least respectable or like you've come to do something, you know? Like, you're going to work, put on your fucking work clothes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's um, one of the, not Martin Lawrence, uh, who's, the, who's the guy who was in Pink Panther? I'm having a brain snap. Martin something? Uh, Martin who- Short? Nah, he was a... Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, His book's amazing, by the way. Born, is it? Born Standing Up. Yeah. He basically invented fucking stand-up comedy in one way. Like, he started doing stand-up before it was a thing. So he was, like, in vaudeville and, like, worked in circuses. He worked in at Disney before, like, way back, like, 60s Disney, um, in the shows and stuff like that as a magician and things like that. Okay. And kind of helped create the fucking art form. Like he did a lot of weird stuff playing the banjo and props and things like that. But there wasn't really a art form, like stand-up comedy as an art form. It kind of evolved around him and then you got Pryor and you got all these other Yeah, that's people interesting. that, you know, came around. But yeah, his um his that autobiography, I've got the Audible book. It's fucking really really good. Cuz I've seen like a bit of a masterclass with him and like that's why he wore suits and stuff on stage yeah. is exactly what you're just saying. He's like if you rock up in a suit, you look like you mean business. You're the you just command attention. Yeah. He's just like You got it with, you know, Seinfeld always in the suit. Um, then you got all your comedian, the leather jacket special is always the, the leather special where, you know, they'll wear either a leather jacket or with Eddie Murphy, the full fucking leather, yeah, leather jumpsuit. Um, but yeah, you've got to look the part, you know, it's the same with any, you dress for the job you want, not the job you fucking have, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so old mate's dress choice was quite questionable yeah. and, and like, she looked like she just rolled out of a fucking bin. Like, <laughs> Dude. And like, here's the thing, like. I give props to anyone that gets up and gives comedy a crack. Sure, I wouldn't if, say what she did was comedy, though. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't exactly say those words. But the the thing is, like, it's co- it's comedy. It's comedians versus the audience. Yeah, it's us versus them. Yeah, like, don't get up and just like start being like. And this annoys me as well. Where are all the fucking girls on the lineup? Where are all the women? It's like this is an open mic. If yeah. they wanted to perform, yeah. they can sign up and perform. And yeah. you can go to any open mic there's night. There's a piece of paper over there. Yeah. And th- there's no fucking gatekeeper. By the way, the person that runs this gig, a woman. And you're well aware of that fact. Yeah. Like, and if you go it's to. It's just, there's not that. Like, 
it's no, uh, it's not a bad thing about the Newcastle scene, but there's just not a lot of female comics in the Newcastle scene. Nah, there's Brooke and then there's Eddie. There's Eddie, yeah, Brooke and Eddie, and essentially, uh, oh, and, and Maddie as well. Maddie, yeah, yeah. Maddie Weinstein, yeah. And that's about it. And like the, the I've seen that American chick with the Chico Roll thing, but she doesn't really strike me as much as a comic as someone. American who, chick with the Chico Roll. She um, I saw the thing on on Instagram first. She she was vegan, and someone got her to try a Chico Roll because you know it's an Australian fucking yeah, staple. Right, yeah. Um, not that I'd offer that to any like no. international. Oh, you got to fucking have one of these. You stitch some cunts up with veggie, mate. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. A, <laughs> not a, <laughs> not a Chico Roll. The chicken roll that has no chicken in it. When was like fuck? That's the throwback. I yeah. haven't had a chicken roll in ages. Oh, I kind of. I just remember the posters from my youth. The hot chick on the motorbike, with suggestively sticking a fucking tube of hot mess in her mouth. Um, <laughs> sounds like a good weekend. Um, she, <laughs> she, yeah, she tried a chicken roll and then found she's vegan. She found out that it has like four percent beef or whatever. Um, she really enjoyed it and then was like, started a petition. That's where I saw this this big p- bit she wrote. Um, anyway, she got on stage and then like read the post that she did thinking it was going to work as a stand-up bit and it didn't. And then she told a bunch of street jokes, which kind of worked, but of course they worked. They were tried and tested street jokes that other people have fucking it's, written. Yeah. Um, but other than her, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen any other... Like the other ones of ones that have come down from Sydney or whatever else, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like all those girls are cool as well. Like yeah. they're all nice, and you know, I've been at some scenes where they're nice to your face, and then afterwards oh, they'll 100%. be, and it's just like, what's the point, man? Like, yeah. I just I don't know. If you don't like someone, just have as limited interaction with them as yeah. possible. Like, yeah, you don't have to make friends. Like. You're it's work. It's like, work. You're there to yeah. do a job. And, you know, if you get along with your workmates, great. If you don't, do your job. And fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. Go home. And that's like... For, that's no for one's asking you to hang out either. Like, it's... Everyone else has got their own shit going on. Someone's got work tomorrow. Someone's had a shit day. They've got to go out to dinner with their girlfriend, whatever. Like, it's not like, oh, well, do you notice he leaves all the fucking time? No one gives a shit. Everyone's there. It's a solo endeavor. Everyone's there to do their own thing. Yeah, and that's it goes for dudes as well. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's some people that I think are just fucking flat out weird cunts, yeah. to be completely honest. And it's just like, if I see him, I always say hello. I'll say hello to everyone. But I'm just like, I'm not going to sit around and, and talk to you. Like, I'm there to do my job and fuck off. Like Gigs this week. Weird cunts and the thing I was telling you about with the the comic from Melbourne that came up. Yeah. So when he got there, he said hello, and I I thought I'd said hello too. I was on my way to the bathroom. He came up. He went, "Hey," I went, "Hey," I kept walking because you know I we didn't get along or whatever back in the back in the day. So I was just just like, oh, "I'll just say hello and keep it moving." There's no I don't want to start a fight, whatever. Anyway, it got to the end of the night. And we were out the front, and you guys all took off to have Indian. And everyone said goodbye, but he just kind of like turned on his heel and fucked off. And I was like, oh, all right. I even said under my breath as you guys were walking, oh, well, fuck you then, cunt. Like, whatever. I went back upstairs and um, talked to Elliot. And Elliot was like, oh, yeah, he came over to me afterwards and was like, oh, I think he's still mad at me about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I talked to you earlier in the night and was like, oh, I read it. Oh, whatever. It's fucking dumb. Blah, 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 blah. But the fact that he had held on to it for two years now or whatever and was still upset about it, I'm like, you fucking weirdo. Like, wasn't it just like asking, uh, can you repost a Yeah, he asked a for a spot. He asked for a spot. I hadn't really seen his stand-up. I'd seen like his 
TikToks or whatever because when he asked for the spot, I checked his Instagram and it was all TikToks. None of it was stand-up material. So I was like, oh, well, okay, man. Like usually someone would send a clip or whatever and he gave me a bit of a big time. Oh, well, you don't you know? You've seen me. I'm like, don't. I'm usually, this is back then, usually I'm out the front smoking weed. I don't watch anyone's fucking set, you know. I'll watch the last couple of minutes of whoever's before me because I'm getting ready to go on. And then when I'm done, I walk. I usually leave. Don't presume I've fucking seen you. But I was, yeah, I asked him if he'd, he'd reshare the poster because I noticed he had a bunch of followers. You know, we had a middle-of-the-range night. I thought maybe, you know, he'd have some fans that might want to come along or whatever. Just repost the poster. It wasn't like do a fucking three-minute video about how great the gig is or anything like that. It's just like repost the poster. No matter what gig I do, and I think this comes from, like coming from a music background, if I've got a gig, I'm not promoting it, but I'll fucking repost the poster. You know, if one person I know comes, fucking awesome. I've brought someone to the gig. Like, why wouldn't you want to bring people to the gig? And there's also, there's polite ways to go, oh, I don't want to do that. But he came from an angle of like, well, I want to be treated like all the other comedians. And I'm like, well, you know, I ask all the other comedians to share the fucking event or whatever. Like, yeah, do it once. I'm not asking you to fucking beg people to come. I'm not asking you to pay for fucking promotion. I'm just saying, you know, just give it a share. That's all I'm asking. And yeah, it just, it started a back and forth little argument and I'm, I'm a prick. So, you know, once I get a little bit of niggle about me, I'll fucking drill you into the ground. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just, it obviously it, it, like I said to you, I was like, Oh, this guy, fucking, I think there's a little thing, but I'm over it, whatever. But yeah, obviously he's held on to it and was still just like fucking big time. You but I was like, whatever, man, like fucking hell. Yeah, like I, <clears throat> obviously I don't fucking know him from a bar of soap, but yes, it's, I don't know, it, I think that's pretty common courtesy. If someone's just like, hey man, can you just post a poster? You want to perform in front of people. Yeah. Like there's nothing worse than rocking up and you're like, oh fuck, there's a few empty seats and, you know, you want to get those spots filled, so. Yeah, and look, if you, I don't care if you bring your fucking housemate, I don't care if you bring your, your girlfriend and you fuck up like Jared and do that. <laughs> But, like, just, you know, let you let your people know that you're performing. And it also, it's good for you. Hey, I'm doing a gig. Look, I'm actually doing something. Not, here's 300 videos of me in my apartment talking to myself. You know, like, what are you trying to do as well? Are you trying to fucking be famous on the internet or are you trying to be a stand-up? Like, which one is it? Like, I, I hadn't seen any of, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know who that guy was. I haven't seen any of his tiktoks or anything like that and i i find i was having a chat to another comedian made about this as well and i was like i think that there's a there's a fine there's a fine line between online promotion and being able to be a good stand-up as yeah. well like for me i'm i'm holding all my material as a vault yeah and then i want to wait till i've got an hour of solid material yeah um that i can headline with and then I'll start releasing little clips here and yeah. there as uh, kind of come watch me perform. Because for me, I want I want to go somewhere. If I'm going to, say, Sydney or Brisbane or something like that, and I'm getting paid yeah. to do a gig there, I want every person to go, that was fucking awesome. The next time he comes, I'm going to go and watch him yeah. again. Um, so, yeah, like I think that there's a, yeah, there's a fine line. If you're just making a lot of content, but you're not performing stand-up. Like, yeah. you'll get a heap of people that can come, but... Well, they might come, but then you're going to do stand-up, and you're like, well, that's not a TikTok. Like, I I didn't know you did that. I thought you were going to do this other thing, you know? Like... It's like when people do, like, slideshow comedy and Ugh. 
stuff like that. Like, <laughs> sorry. No, I know. Like slideshow comedy, musical comedy, all of them. I'm just like, Ugh, gross. Um, I mean, it, there's some people that are amazing, like, and uh, amazing at it. But I feel like it's cheating. It's like I'm a real purist with it. I want it to be just straight stand up. Just use your words, act out, cool. But I don't know. I went and did a I did a workshop with Greg Fleet, like when I first started doing comedy. And um, he brought up, he's like, oh, musical comedy is cheating. He goes, because if you play a song, an audience will immediately applaud after you finish playing a song, regardless of if it's good or not, because they're conditioned, oh, a song's finished, clap, 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 like we, yeah, we okay. applaud. So it's, it's, you know, whether or not you get laughs through the song, that's up to whether or not the song's funny. But if you finish the song, the audience is going to applaud it. They're not going to just sit on their hands and be like, that was shit. Like, yeah, that's they, true. They just know... Because an audience is conditioned, a song finishes, oh, well done, you know, you did a song. Um, but, you know, this perfect, like, uh, Rummy, he's fucking amazing. I'd watch him every night of the week. And he, all, <laughs> he does, all he does is musical he's, comedy. He's hilarious. Like, he, his songs, I wake up with his songs stuck in my head. Yeah, man. My, uh, my girlfriend's old. And my missus is like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, yeah, my, my new girlfriend is super old. Yeah. And... Uh, I get the beat for that Billie Eilish thing stuck in my head all the time. I always get the OK I, Dong one. I think of Rummy dance. I hear that song and I think of Rummy dancing around the stage and thrusting and shit, and I'm, I start giggling every time I hear that yeah. fucking song. And yeah, the Pokemon, the uh, average Dong. Yeah, I got an OK Dong. Yeah. yeah, like I've seen, like I see his songs, and I still laugh every time yeah. I see them. And it's like, I don't know if it's cheating, like it's. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, with yeah, like yeah. With, with it's, a, it's. I feel like they're separate things. Yeah, and I feel well, like the first com- Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, everything kind of the shows that all sold out and were big. Everything kind of skewed that way. It had to be like it was more. It wasn't just one person. It was a team. It was two people, three people. It involved music and dancing and costume changes, and it, it all kind of slanted, kind of queer as well, which is fine. It's just the way the world is these days. But if you didn't have those kind of things in your show, it's fucking crickets. They were empty. I went and saw some great comedians. I had eight people in the audience, and then I'd go past um, like the festival club or whatever, and everybody who was playing the festival club were all these musical acts, queer acts that were more than one person, costume, like fucking awesome shows. Like, don't get me wrong, like it's entertainment. It's fucking great. It's what people want to see. But people going out to see actual stand up. That's just not what was happening at the festival. Unless you were a TV person or a radio person, that instant you're gonna get you're gonna sell out because of the name recognition. Everyone else trying to put on their you know forty five minute hour show was struggling. Like so many shows got cancelled. Um, COVID fucking ripped, COVID ripped the guts out of it as well. I went yeah. down. I was there for the first week, and then I was in Newcastle for two weeks, and went back for the last week. The two weeks I was up here, I think I watched. 90% of shows just get cancelled either because an actor got COVID or they just had sold one ticket, no tickets for their shows. Um, brutal. I was flyering um, for Jax Barrett um, out at Town Hall on a cheap... He's so funny. So good, man. Dude, I love... His show was fucking incredible too. Yeah. Um, and like he was an exception to the rule. Like he, uh, his show was like a 7.30 show, pretty early show um, in a bar down in a basement where you... You can't just walk past and see it. Um, he had like 50, 60 people on a Tuesday night. Yeah, awesome. Um, but I was flying for him and I was at Town Hall. Um, there's a 
like a flower booth outside Town Hall. It's been there forever. I've got the big fucking sandwich board and shit on handing out flyers. The guy who owns the flower shop came out and goes, is the comedy festival on? I'm like, yeah. Where you been, mate? <laughs> he's, he works outside the town hall where the fucking festival happens. He's like, when's it start? I'm like, it's on all month. And he's like, oh, there's not many fucking people around. I'm like, yeah, it's dead. And usually where that the town hall is just pumping, there's people like checking out all the posters and people are fucking avoiding on eye contact, crossing the fucking road, like... That the whole COVID thing is still ravaged entertainment in Melbourne. People are scared to go out or just like, ah, oh, no, no, I don't want to do it. Not, it's just weird. And yeah, this last festival was sad. You feel sorry for arts that make that's their sole income, hundred percent. And I've seen somebody talking about it where they're like, you know, we're the first people that when this happened, you ran to us for entertainment. You yep. ran to musicians that. You'd listen to your favourite songs in yep. lockdown. You'd watch your favourite comedy specials, your favourite movies. And when it starts to open back up and there's your time to go and support people. Oh, fuck them. Oh, fuck I'm going to stay home. I'm, I've got Netflix. I can just watch it on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I'm not going to go watch this kid do stand-up when I can watch Dave Chappelle. Yeah, home. 100%. So you definitely feel sorry for him. And yeah, it's just one of those unfortunate things about COVID. It's just... It has fucked a lot of things. Yeah. And the arts has taken, taken a hit. Yeah. And it's still trying to rebuild. Yeah. Um, one of the good things about the about the comedy club is we are getting exposure to these people that are fucking weapons. Yeah. Like jerks. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I don't watch much stand-up online. I try basically because I don't want to be influenced by it. Yeah. But still, there's so many great Aussie comedians who I don't know. Like Daniel Towns is mm-hmm. fucking... Yeah. Amazing, like, and he's he's doing a sh- his solo show tonight. I performed with him in 2019, and that was my first exposure of getting a paid gig, going yep. to Wagga. It's one of those gigs where you spend more money than what you're getting paid, 100%. but you just do it because you're like, "Fuck, I'm getting paid to do comedy. Yeah. Like, I'm getting twenty bucks." There's going to be actual people there. It's going to be a real show. All of that stuff. Yeah. And I, I just I watched this cunt Daniel Towns just mop the floor with people. Yeah. But just laid back and just I was just like. It was sick because then you get to see levels and you're like, I'm only used to doing open mic nights. Yeah. And then it's like, bang, here's a paid gig. There's 95 people, 100 people at the river in a comedy club yeah. there for comedy. And then you just watch this guy for 45 to an hour just fucking destroy and you're yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> he's not looking at his hand for notes or like <laughs> for nothing. Like this guy just, he's a fucking gun. But that's what I love about these clubs is you get these exposure to these yeah. people and then you're like, and most of them are fucking awesome as well. Like, yeah. Afterwards, you have a drink, and you're like, "Hey, man, can I pick your brain about something?" Or yeah. they'll notice something about your act. And I think it was it was either him or Mike Goldstein, and they're like, "Oh, how long have you been doing comedy for?" And at the time, it was maybe eighteen months. Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, cool, man." They're like, "Just keep going, like keep working at it." And they're yeah. like, "You've got a basic knowledge of what you're doing." Yeah. But just keep working hard, and you're like, "Oh, yes." Yeah. <laughs> like this fucking sick. It's, cut. The, it's those pats on the back from people that are a few levels or even just a level above you that will fucking spur you on to keep going. Um, it was just before I moved up here. There's a, a gig in Melbourne, the Bergie Seltzer, and uh, there's a photographer there who takes photos every week. And um, eventually, like, once a month, they change the photos that are in the in the bar. So there's a whole bunch of, like, gig photos in there. Yeah, okay. And I got a message from the, um, the guy who takes the photos going, oh, we're putting your photo up in the bar. And I was like, whoa, fucking, like... 
like me doing the photo of me doing stand ups actually going to be in the bar for the month. Blah blah blah. It was me and another um, female, a female comic, Trace Armstrong, who's from Geelong. Um, so we were both getting put up on the wall. So like, I wasn't even on that night. I drove in just to be like, oh fucking, there I am. <laughs> and then like, I felt a bit sheepish, like douchebag i've driven 45 minutes just to like look at a picture of myself that i've already seen um and the the photographer had actually uh accidentally printed off a, uh, an extra one so he's like oh do you want the extra photo i was like yeah that'd be awesome i'll come in and grab it but um there was two or three pro comics who do the comics lounge in melbourne you know every week and they were like oh did you come in just for that and i kind of shape you so was like yeah i, <laughs> I did but instead of them like roasting me about it, like, nah, man, you need to celebrate shit like that. Like, good on yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. Like, put a battery in my back. I was like, I'm fucking, I'm doing the right thing and blah, blah, blah. I'm like on the right track. Um, and yeah, like there's a lot of really, in that scene, the people that are, you know, professional, semi-professional, uh, super supportive of the open mic scene and comics in the open mic scene. They'll, you know, they'll shit on who's terrible, like we all do. Yeah. Even if you're two weeks in and there's someone <laughs> terrible, you'll fucking give them shit and unsolicited advice. But um, if they see something in you, like, they'll come up like, that bit's really good. Yeah. You should work on that. And have you thought of this? And, you know. Give you a little tagline. Yeah, exactly. There was, there was a comedian in Canberra that was the same. And he was, he was always really supportive and he was, a, he had a ticketed room and he's yep. like, hey man, like, keep working at that like five minute bit. And he's just like, in like yeah. two months, you've got a spot. And then one day I was like, can we go out for lunch? And I just kind of pick your brain about a few things. And he's like, yeah, sweet. And then kind of went through my material. And then I was like, what do you think about this? And he's like, honestly, there's too much fat here. Yeah. The main part of the joke is you're going to hit this part here. And he goes, you've got too much fat in the middle. So just set it up, punch. And he goes, instead of that being a 30 second bit, you can move that to the front. That can be an opening bit that you hit in 15 seconds. Yeah, get... So 15 seconds on stage, you've got your first laugh. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay, like that, uh, that economy helps. of words and, and just shortest distance to a laugh. And But yeah, and, like, and when you're first starting, you you don't really know. Like no. I, my dad's a great storyteller. A lot of my favourite comedians are storytellers yeah. and I loved just telling yarns to people when like you have a, a long build up to a butts, there's the yeah. laugh. And yeah, comedy made me rethink about that because when you're on stage it's like you want to win that audience trust and there need to be jokes along in a in a a longer story it can't just be that final no reveal that's the payoff there's got to be jokes along the way yeah little tag or they won't go with you they'll lose interest you know if you're you've only got five minutes and you're telling a two and a half minute story and the first two minutes are just like well then this happened and this happened and you're setting it all up Sure, it might end up being funny, but a minute and a half in, they're like, oh, "The fuck is this he, cunt talking, what is he talking about?" about? <laughs> yeah, um, um, I just need to take a quick piss. Sorry, man, I've been ah, uh, no stress. I've got genital herpes. I've got genital herpes. But I've got genital herpes. I try to be responsible. But now I take twice daily herpexia to reduce my chances of passing it on. Ask your doctor about using herpexia. Patients should always consult with a physician before using herpexia. Possible side effects include headache, diarrhea, permanent erectile dysfunction, thoughts of suicide, and nausea. I am doing all I can to slightly lessen the spread of genital herpes. 
and that's a good thing. Yes, sir. Had a few afternoon beverages down at the pub. Went, right. went and got a feed and then had a few beers when I was down there and I was like, oh, fuck. It's my first time out to Stockton. It's nice out here. It's good. And it, like, it has like a really um, like degenerate kind of, um, kind of reputation. Really? Yeah. So when I first moved here from Canberra, one of my friends, I was like, where should I move? Because his, uh, his, his family was from up this way. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mary Weather's nice. Um, if you're Wickham's, a fucking millionaire, yeah. Jesus. He's like, Wickham's nice. Yeah. And then he goes, um, whatever you do, just don't move to Stockton. I was like, oh, why is that? And he goes, low income, drug addicts, fucking degenerates. And I was like, bro, I'm from the south side of Canberra. I was like, I have dealt with those people my whole life. Yeah. Like, I'm comfortable around those people. Coming so. up the, the shoreline, though, like, it reminded me of some really nice, like, fucking seaside towns in Melbourne. I was just like, this is fucking nice down here. It is good, yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of people just... Because I think, back in the day, BHP used to be across mm-hmm. the Kuragang River there. And apparently, used to, a heap of shit used to fly over under the houses. And right. You used to be able to get houses dirt cheap here. Right. Then that shut down, and then house prices went kind of through the roof, yeah. and... There's a, I'll send you a photo of this house and it's, it mate, it's seriously, you, especially you could stand from like one end to the other and yeah, touch, yeah, yeah. touch it with your wingspan. Like a fucking New York apartment. Yeah. And they want like 850,000 for a two bedroom house. Like the house is rusted, like it's weatherboard. It's just a fucking shithole. And the council probably get it. That's crazy. The house across the road sold for 830k. Or 850k, and it's like a 310 square meter block. It's just fucking tiny. Crazy. Like you're living in a dog kennel. That's so. fucked. Me and, the, me and the missus are looking at trying to buy a house in the next year or so. And yeah, that's not helping my fucking thoughts on it at all. Um, no, nah, you're better off going out like inland an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's she might fucking go for that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's cheap. Anyway, there's a bit of real estate advice for for the listeners. But no, out there. I, I get the low socioeconomic thing. Like I, I drove in, I was like, it's really nice. No, I don't want, you know, people shit on this. And then as I was walking up towards your place, a couple of young lads walking along, and the kid like waves to me, and I kind of look at him like, oh, yeah. and he's like, "Whoa, don't fucking wave at me, you cat!" And I was like, "All right, cool. I know where I am." It's really, <laughs> it's really funny. Like everyone's super friendly and will wave. Like yeah. even if you don't know who the cunt is. Yeah. And when, when uh, we first moved here, I remember having dinner down at one of the pubs and we're sitting outside and we had our dog and this dude walks up and he's like, G'day, mate, how are you? And, like, was just talking to me like he knew me. And yeah. I was like, what's going on, mate? He's like, oh, your dog's cool. And I was like, thanks. He's like, are you drinking Coopers? And I was like, yeah, mate. And then he's just like, bro, do you like craft beer? And I was like, yeah, mate. And I kind of look at my missus and I'm like, who is this fucking weird cunt? Is he trying to fuck me? And I was like, what is happening? Anyway, he like tells me, oh, you got to go to the grain store. And he goes, they've got fucking awesome beers there. The taps are always rotating. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, just rattle off like five different di- different things still in Newcastle. He's like, anyway, mate, nice to meet you. I'll catch you later. And just like walked away. And I was like, what the fuck? But people are really nice yeah. here. And it weirded me out. It reminds it, me of the old Australia. Yeah. I, I you know, grew up in the 80s and people were friendly and shit. Yeah. In Canberra, you could we could have went to school together. Yeah. And it's just like, I see you on the street, we make eye contact, and I pretend like I have no idea who the fuck you are. It's really weird. How long ago did you move here? We moved in 2020. Okay. Yeah. So It's a good year for it? Yeah. September 2020 we wow. moved. Yeah. So, been, been pretty good. 
We love it here. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever move back to Canberra, to be honest. No one ever does. No. Nah, well, you either you move out, you most likely move to Sydney or or yeah. Melbourne, and then for whatever reason you get a little bit homesick and yeah. you find that in cities it's harder to find f- genuine friends. Yeah. And then they get lured into moving back. They move back. Then they have a kid. Yeah. Game it's over. game over. Yeah. You're there. You're a Canberran for life yeah. then. No, or you get a real cushy job in the public service. That's the, that's the other way to get sucked into Canberra. Yeah, you um, walk off the street with no experience, get paid 68k a year to do data entry shit. One thing I love about down there, I think it might be a Queen Bean thing, but Kingsley's Chicken. Oh, that's a Canberra thing. Brah. Brah. <laughs> so good shit. I'll fucking go to Canberra just for Kingsley's. Oh, mate, we need to make it a date because I'm coming with you. Fuck that, yeah. It's fucking, it's the best. Good shit. The old, uh, the M4 meal is, was my go-to. Which you, can't, is, you can't fucking, you couldn't force me into a Henny Penny, whatever the fuck that is in New South Wales and Newcastle. I look at it and I'm like, that. no, it doesn't look safe. I've tried it optimistic that it would be like a, um, a Kingsley's and it's just not. No. The other staple in Canberra is a place called Goodberries. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's frozen custard, okay. which sounds weird, um, but it's like it's oh fuck I wouldn't even know how to describe. So you've got all these different. So it's like treats. the same kind of theory as like frozen yogurt, except it's custard, right? Yeah, and it's like similar to cold rock. How you yeah, can yeah. how you can put in, but it's better than cold rock. Right. And like if you're ever in Canberra, you need to oh, make sure that you pick no, stuff in a, minute, in a good I've got a fucking shock and sweet tooth. I'm definitely in. yeah. So you go there, you can get like vanilla or chocolate, then you can add. Crumble or whatever the fuck you want to add fuck to it. Yeah. They've got a bunch of shit. Kingsley's and, and then that for dessert, bro. Oh, man. You smoke a fatty. You, sm- <laughs> <laughs> you smoke a fatty, go do that. You'll be fucking, you'll be living the Canberra dream. And it's basically legal in Canberra to smoke anyway. Yeah, true. So that's another thing that suckers people in as well, I think. They're like, I can grow weed here, man. Fireworks and porn used to be. We d- I did uh, schoolies. We went to Canberra. I convinced a bunch of my friends we'll go to Canberra and said, go to Fish Week, get some porn. Get some fucking fireworks. <laughs> Fuck the Gold Coast. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2001. 2001. Fuck. Yeah. All right, hectic. So, yeah, because everyone was like, oh, let's go to fucking Surfers Parrot. I'm like, why the fuck do we want to go up there with 100,000 other fuckwits and, like, get lost in them? Let's, like, let's do something different. So, yeah, we rented, like, a minibus and went to Canberra. That's sick. Me, uh, for my schoolies, me and my friends, my parents were like, we had a coast house. Mm-hmm. And they're like, don't go to Surface Paradise, mate. Like, exactly that. They're like, do you know how expensive everything is at the Gold Coast? Yeah. Like, you've got 300 bucks in your bank account, you poor cunt. You're going to get coward punched, accused yeah. of rape, something fucking bad's yeah. going to happen. You and know? I think they'd be like, you've, or they'd be worried about all the drugs and everything there. Yeah. So they're like, just go to the South Coast. Like, take your mates down there, go down for a, yeah. a week. You can just booze up at our house for a week. And we basically did that. Fuck yeah. It was sick. We were degenerates, but <laughs> I, remember, I remember there was a school camp that was going on at like one of the local, um, one of the local uh, campgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those East, it's called Easts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it was one of those and we were fucking blind one night and we ended up at the East Caravan Park and there was a school there at the same time and one of the boys had went, walked into the toilet and um, like was drinking and there was some bloke having a shower and he's just like, yeah, fucking kids drinking on school camp. like." <laughs> and we just thought it was funny because it's like, oh, this cunt thinks we're part of the school. So then we just started being mad disrespectful. <laughs> like, what are you going to do, you small-dicked old cunt? And he's like, oh, I'm telling your teachers. And we're like, yeah, fucking tell them. And then one of the boys 
there was like this mop and bucket mm-hmm. that is used just to wash the floor fucking every every day. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes back into the corner. So this water's just like yeah. brown. And one of the boys just like picked it up and threw it over the top of the, <laughs> of the shower cubicle, just hurled it at this dude. And he's like, what the fuck? And we all just fucking split out there and just run and just being dumb cunts. The best part is this cunt still tells this story too, but not in a good way. No, and he's just like, they're fucking that. The last time St. Mary's was down here. <laughs> Wrote a fucking letter to the, head, the headmaster of the school and shit. We, um, ah, brilliant. When, when I think about it, that's probably the best scenario that you could be in to get a bucket of shitty water thrown on you though, like you're already in the shower. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Like, that, you just got to stay it. in there for another 10 minutes, yeah. dude. Wash yourself again. But stand, you got to stand in that shit too while it all fucking washes down the horrible drainage of a caravan park fucking... And you can imagine this, the filth that would be <sighs> on that as well. Like you said, that thing wouldn't have been emptied for months. No. It's just fucking rinse and repeat. Like, how like how dirty is a caravan toilet floor anyway? Like, that's... Well, like you got to re- wear... Like, it's thongs. advised to wear thongs. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, when you're a kid, yep. your parents wouldn't let you go in there barefoot. Nah. Like, you can go barefoot anywhere on the beach, on the road. Just whenever you go in that fucking bathroom, you put thongs on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do anything else. Like, fucking play in traffic. But if you're going to go into the bathroom, yeah. thongs. You can walk into the Woolworths down there with no shoes. Because, you know, a quarter inch of fucking rubber from Woolworths is going to protect you, you know. Yeah, it was... Uh, Bacteria can't climb up a double plugger, bro. <laughs> Dude, one of, my, like, one of my brother's friends had tinea and went, like, toe-to-toe with one of the boys, like, sleeping somewhere <laughs> one night. <laughs> and the tinea from his foot transferred onto the other guy's neck and he woke up the next morning oh, with an itchy neck. fuck. And it turns out that, yeah, the tinea had fucking jumped ship and found not, a new host. Not just for toes. No, not just for toes. Apparently it can go on any any skin. Brutal. Um, so you did a bit of Aussie hip hop as well, like growing up. Did you grow yep. up in, like, were you born and raised Melbourne? No, or? I was from the country. So South Gippsland's about three hours south of Melbourne. So okay. I was there till I was about, well, I was seven, when I finished high school, so 17. Uh, moved to the city when I was 17. So I was there in Melbourne for 20, 21 years before I moved up to Newcastle. Spent a bit of time in New York, like a year and a half in New York. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Newcastle for the last three months. Were you always doing, like, what what work were you doing? So seventeen when you moved there. Oh, so you know, packing shells at Coles. First job. Oh fuck, I've done a bit of everything, bro. Um, you know, labor labor hire work. Um, but like the main career I've worked in is youth work and social work. Okay. The last say decade. Um, so yeah, youth youth worker for like a mental health resi for about six, seven years and then took about three years off just before the pandemic. So the pandemic really extended the time I took off from that. Um, that's around the time I started doing stand-up as well. Um, always wanted to, but just never – didn't know how. Like I, I didn't see a fucking group. I didn't know how to go to an open mic. Like I figured that was how you did it, but I just didn't have the – and, you know, I had a wife and kids and was just like had – I still have kids, but – not the wife. <laughs> um, but uh, it just didn't have the, like, and we were living out in the suburbs, so I wasn't, like, in the city, able to just go to stuff real easily. Um, and was doing music, yeah. So I started, like, making, you know, rap music when I was about 18, I guess. So about a year after moving to the city, kind of found the scene, 
same thing though, open mics, like it was just DJ play beats and you'd just get up one after another, you'd get like 45 seconds or whatever and the next guy would get on or you'd go as long as you could and then the next guy would tag in and whatever. Um, so is it just pre-written verses that you'd go up? Yeah, or, or if, if you were good enough, you'd freestyle. Freestyle shit. Um, I was never fucking real good at it, like can, but was never fucking great at it. There were some dudes that were just fucking, you're like, how the fuck do you do that? Um, really small scene as well. So like you name an Aussie hip hop dude, I kicked around with them at some point. Um, they, uh, but yeah, it was in the scene with that for a while, put out, uh, how many albums? About three, I put out three albums, um, had a band called the high society. Um, we toured all around the country for a few years. Fuck. I didn't know that. Um, that was good fun. The wick, like, uh, every time I go past the wicko, uh, I have a memory from like a 2009 tour with the band that I'm, I just like we drive past the Wicko and I like shudder. I'm like, oh, such a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got your photo on the wall for a different oh, reason. Fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, bro. Like they, we, I remember we went to perform. We got on, we went up to see what the rider was, and they were like, oh, we can give you a beer or you can have a bottle of wine. And me and the singer from the band were like, well, we'll fucking have a bottle of wine each. Like, why the fuck would we have one beer and we can have like. A whole bottle. Yeah. So he got like a bottle of red. I got a bottle of white and we did our show and we were like swapping the bottles while we were on, like we drank half each while we were on stage. So as you can imagine, by the time I got off stage, I was pretty fucking rooted. And um, we were out the back talking with the the punters and whatever. And there was a Scottish bloke who had a South African girlfriend and I was fucking stirring the uh, the South African girlfriend about, you know, just the regular stuff you serve white South Africans about, you know, oh, you're a fucking racist, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think I lifted a, um, was it a, was it either a Billy Connolly or a Robin Williams? Oh, it was Billy Connolly joke um, that uh, Scottish people are just a mentally retarded Irish tribe. And, uh, yeah, he didn't like that. And, um, <laughs> I can imagine. So, so he wanted to punch on and the band, like, bailed me into the car the last thing I remember from that night is like us driving, look, we had to drive back to Sydney. So we were like going through King's Cross and I was like trying to get out of the fucking car and they were like, get back in the fucking car, you fucking dickhead. And I was like, woke up the next morning, got sat down by the drummer and the fucking singer. I'm like, we're not your parents, Joel. We're fucking sick of this shit. You've acted like a fuckhead the entire tour. I'm like, I'm sorry. I think it's time I stop drinking. I got carried away. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can't just be racially abusing people. They're white. <laughs> he's Scottish. <laughs> he knows he's retarded. <laughs> but yeah, so every time I see the Wicko, and I saw there was an open mic there, um, it got cancelled um, in the time I've been up here. But I was like, I need to go there and fucking redeem myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the gig we did was really good. Like they enjoyed that, but it was the after. You need to go there and show them that you're actually a gentleman. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. I can act like a good man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what kind of, like, in, in hip-hop influence, was it always Aussie hip-hop that influenced nah, you? No, like, I didn't like, even know it fucking existed, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, like, when like, you said name a name, I was just like, I just, like, I went and I was just like, I know probably, I know Cursor, I yeah. know 360. Yeah, I kicked know. around with, with 360 for a bit, yeah. Um, and his mate Pez would probably... Yeah, Pez. Oh, and Seth Century. Then. Seth Century, yeah. Good mates with Seth. Uh, he was one of the first dudes to take me on tour. He took me to tour, uh, would have been like 2006, when the f- that first thing, the Waitress song thing came yeah. out. Um, I did a Triple J tour with him to Perth and Frio, which was really fucking cool. Yeah, right. I saw him 
I like somewhere I he stole my DJ that motherfucker. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> um, I was working on my second album. DJ Sizzle, who's his DJ, was my DJ at the time, and um, he was wor- he was working on the cuts for my second album. And Seth Century won that fucking competition, so he could go on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. He won a won a competition to perform on on Kimmel. Yeah, wow. And Sizzle had to go to the states to do the show with Seth and was like, oh man, I'm not going to get these cuts done in time, blah, blah, blah. So that's all right, man. When you get back and then Seth's entry became fucking enormous. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess you don't have time for me anymore. Yeah. I think I saw him when I was maybe 2012. I think like, yeah. Oh, sorry. I saw him when I was 18, which was 2009. Yeah. And that's when, yeah, he, he did the waitress song, uh, yeah. LP. I think yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. It was short. I think it had like or four EP, or five sacks. Yeah, it might've been an EP. Um, What's the difference between an LP and EP, by the way? EP is like extended play. LP is long play. So EP is just like four to five tracks. Long play is 10 to 12. Okay. Or 24, depending on fucking if you're doing a double or whatever. But yeah, like LP is just long player. So um, more than one. Like an EP is like one side of an album. Yeah, right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually four tracks is an EP, four to six. But it was cool because like he got to hang out with us afterwards. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, he, he signed, like, I bought, like, his CD and one of my other mates bought some shit. He loved Aussie Hip Hop. And I was like, yeah. fuck, I'll go along. I know that song. Yeah. But it's really funny how one song can just fucking change everything. Yeah, like, yeah He'd yeah. probably be well and truly sick of singing that song. Oh, fuck yeah. Or rapping that song, I should say. Oh, dude, I'm sick of, like, I haven't done any of my songs in years. And when people are like, oh, fuck, I want to hear I'm like, oh, no fucking chance. Like, there's no way I'd do that. I've been working on some new stuff with a... Um, a rapper from LA, like during the pandemic, I just got the itch to start writing and recording again. Yeah. And, um, I'd written a few things with like a friend had sent me some beats and I was working on stuff. And then I really got into this guy. He's called general back pain, which is one of the fucking funniest rap names (laughs) I've ever heard. Um, he's a a blood gang member from Inglewood in California. Oh, true. Doesn't show his face. Like the whole fuck. He's legit. Um, fucking super funny. Great guy. Um, so yeah, a friend of mine had done some stuff with him, a guy called Flu, uh, he's a producer and rapper from Melbourne, had done a, done two albums with him, like produced everything for him. Um, so I got the introduction through him and then me and him hit it off and I was like, oh, are you interested in like doing a song? So I sent him some stuff. We ended up recording like four songs. So eventually that will come out as a, yeah, an EP, me and general back pain. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's like a, Really different from any of the other stuff I've kind of done, but um, it'll be really cool when it comes out. Um, and yeah, he's got me. He got me to do some skits for a project of his that's coming up. So I real as a comedian. So yeah. I I realized a a dream or a goal that I didn't even know I had was being a comedian on an American rap album. It's the best. So it's like. You know, I'm in rarefied air, you know, Chris Rock and Chappelle and yeah. these dudes that have done the skits on like Method Easy Man. Told albums. Me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That shit. And I was like, I'm in that like I've fucking done that now. Um but yeah, he uh, he was like he was a fan of my comedy and was like, Yeah man, fuck, you can rap too, let's do some fucking That's fucking sick. Really cool. So yeah, Ty shout out to Ty, that's his real name. Um yeah, man, back pain, he's really fucking cool. I'll have to give him a listen. Yeah, I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you a link. Yeah, shoot me some of his stuff. Cause I'm like I'm stuck in the 90s when it comes oh, to hip hop. Like I can't listen to any new shit yeah. even like Well but uh, he'll he'll give you that that feel. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. One of my cousins was like, "Do you like uh he goes, 
do you like the baby? And I was like, I've heard of little baby. And he's yeah. like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 the baby. I'm yeah. like, no, no, like it's little baby. He goes, no, they're two different people. I'm yeah. like, oh, they're a group. And he's like, <laughs> no, he's like, there's duck baby and there's little baby. I'm like, so they're not. And then like, there's baby from Cash Money Millionaires. What? <laughs> it's like get a get a fucking better nickname, you dogs. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it just confused me. I was just like, oh fuck. So they're not like a. Because yeah, when he said the baby, I thought it must have been like a. I kind of like, just make? with Spotify. I keep up with like newer stuff. Like I'll give it a listen. Like if it, it has a a cool album cover, same as like when you were a kid and you'd go into a music store and you'd pick up CDs and it'd have a cool cover you'd never heard of it. Like one, the first rap album I ever bought was um, Buster Rhymes when Disaster Strikes. Yeah, okay. and it was just like Buster Rhymes. This guy sounds like he's fucking awesome. Like, and sure enough, he was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if I see something that's got a cool cover or a cool album title or whatever, I'm like, oh, what's this like? And nine times out of ten, I'm like, this is fucking trash. This is like new mumble rap, fucking auto tuned out. The, the auto tune thing is what just it gets me. Like, it has a time and a place. I mean, like California Love. That's auto-tuned like yeah. Roger Troutman the whole thing but if it the whole the thing whole song is and, yeah. auto-tuned then it's it's kind of too much I just can't fucking I can't deal with but it but yeah I got to a place too like I, st- I realised I hated a lot of like I actively spent time hating on music so I like hated Little Wayne for a really long time and was just like why why am I wasting energy hating something and, li- li- and act- actively seeking it out and listening to it to hate it when I could be <laughs> Just enjoying what I do enjoy and yeah. just ignoring the Ignor- shit that I don't. Ironically, I ended up becoming a pretty big Little Wayne fan because he did so much music it, and I listened to so much of it being like, this is all trash. But it's if someone does that much stuff, they get like a broken clock's right at least twice a day. Yeah. So he's got some fucking incredible songs, but it's just kind of in the middle of all this other yeah, he bullshit. he has had some bangers, but I think like he just like went off the fucking deep end with the... Purple drink. And oh yeah, the, the the Carter three the documentary is um is fucking great. It's him like going all around the world with a fucking suitcase full of codeine, and um, <laughs> <laughs> he's record he's recording probably what was his best album, um and you see how he does it just in the you know no writing just in the yeah going in, in the, the hotel rooms and shit. But um oh yeah bro the fucking the codeine addiction like pff, brutal and just like. His whole like how drowsy he was from yeah 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 <laughs> like for, for fucking such two, an iconic for voice. like a decade and a half but I mean he started rapping when he was he got 16 signed sixteen or thirteen no, or like something eight nine like he got signed when he was a kid kid yeah um, is Birdman's young fella right no that's that's a, a lie that's a almost like an R Kelly type creepy situation like oh so like Birdman found him found he discovered him and then had him around and like right. Ra- "Quote unquote," raised him. I thought you better say raped him. I was like, "No, nah, holy fuck! <laughs> How do we not know to, about you this?" You don't have to look far to see lots of photos of them like kissing on the mouth and shit. Oh, really? Yeah, it's always I'm like, uh, and then like the whole thing's like, "That's my dad," and you kiss your dad in the mouth. I was like, "I don't know about you, can't," but you know, like after I was maybe five, I kissed my dad on the top of the head. I stopped kissing him on the fucking mouth. You know, like. <laughs> Your My dad always just gave me a stern head. <laughs> <laughs> One of those, and patted you on the back at yeah. the same time. I'm a fucking man. man. Yeah. And he goes, suppress your emotions, work hard, yeah. be a fucking man. Shook my hand, punched me in the nose. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, I like The Sky's the Limit um, by Lil Wayne. Yeah. Um, there's a few of his, there's a few of his tracks. I didn't, I never loved him either. Yeah. I had one friend who was fucking obsessed with him and, uh, 
yeah, I was just like, oh, fuck, I don't know. There's something about this guy that just doesn't do it for me. The best explanation someone gave to him, which would kind of won me over with him, was that he goes, he's this generation's old dirty bastard. And I went, oh, I see that. Because he's got that, like, ah, ah, and drawling all over the place, half singing, half rapping. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's doing something that's different than everybody else and he's fucking a bit out there. And okay, I, I can I can fuck with that. And um, I mean, I love... Wu Tang love ODB, but all like ODB's stuff is yeah is yeah, it's is, is not easy to listen to. Some, some. no, who like did like when my friend first introduced me to the Wu Tang Clan, it took me a very long time to warm up to him. Oh, I associated it with um, uh, like the Bogan fuckhead kids from Dandenong. Because everyone wore the silver, shiny Wu-Tang tracksuits. Oh, the so, pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't know Wu-Tang was like a group. I just, I was like, oh, it's those fucking kids that want to <laughs> bash me and fucking take my sneakers. Fuck Wu-Tang. Yeah. And it wasn't until, uh, I think it was that when the Taste the Pain, the PlayStation 1 game came out, that like I listened to the beats and stuff that were on that. And then my friend had Wu-Tang Forever. Um, so the second album and play Triumph for me and I was like who the fuck are these guys and yeah. I was like oh okay I like what you it's not just the tracksuits have know? you watched the saga like the, the the TV show the acted one or yeah the, the acted one nah I've seen a little bit of it and Dave East plays an amazing method yeah, man yeah method man um, but I haven't watched the whole thing. Dude. I watched the documentary, not the other one. Yeah. So I liked Wu Tang, and then I was like, "Oh, this is a show that I can watch." And I rarely watch TV shows. I think yeah. you and I spoke about it at the club. Like, when you got know, time? Yeah, I'm like, if I'm if it's a a night time, I'm invested in comedy. Yeah. If it's the weekend, I want to do something with my partner, my yeah. dog. Fucking, then sport rolls around, and like, sport is my one other outlet that yeah. I watch. And then, yeah, I saw this and I was like, oh, like, I like Wu-Tang. I didn't mind the Biggie movie. The Tupac movie was yeah. all right. So I was like, let me watch this. They did a Tupac movie? Yeah. All Eyes on Me. The guy looks so much like Tupac. It's fucking ridiculous. I have to check that out. I don't think I saw that. Yeah. I saw the Biggie one and went, ugh. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because it's the 90s nostalgia of like, you just love them. when. Like, oh, like Biggie was my fa- is my favorite rapper. And yeah. I watched that movie and I was like, oh, you got so much wrong. I don't like how they played little Kim. Like they made her seem like she was, was in- insignificant when that was not the case. You know, they made it look like, oh, he was so loving to Faith. I was like, he was fucking cheating on her like crazy. Yeah. He, he was with Kim most of the fucking time. Like anyway. Um, but then, yeah, that, that the saga made me get a deeper appreciation. Yeah. And just like watching the story of how how it all kind of came about and how the RZA was basically just like the genius behind all yeah. of it and getting them to yeah. come together. And yeah, there was two, two of the members that just like don't even like each other, like Ghostface and fuck, I can't remember the cunt's name now cause I'm too many beers deep. Yeah. They fucking hated each other. Like yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. get in the same recording booth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole story of how, how that it's just fucking sick. Just yeah. yeah. Take my word. Yeah. And, I'll check it out. It watch. It's um, fucking cool. I actually have a, a a small connection to Wu-Tang. How? So uh, my second album, Grumpy Old Man, that I put out, I did a song with a guy from Staten Island called uh, Sick in the Head, Sith. Um, And we decided to do a film clip for it. Um, I was over here and he was obviously in Staten Island. So we filmed my part at like Pakenham train station in Melbourne, fucking outer shitty suburb. And then he filmed his part in Staten Island. The guy that filmed the part was Intel, which is Ugod from Wu-Tang's son. Oh, right. Um, 
So I became friends with Intel. So they're the second generation Wu, which have like come out as a group now. It's like Method Man's son, um, Method Man's son, You God's son, Sun God, which is Ghostface's son, and Young Dirty Bastard. Young Dirty. <laughs> yeah, um, one of oh, old Dirty's like eighty children. Um, but yeah, so that happened. The album came out, and then the week it got released on Bandcamp. Uh, it sold like in the top 10 uh mine was uh no top 20 sorry don't want to make myself sound too good uh mine came in at 11th and the 13th uh top selling album that week was you god's new album so i outsold you god that week (laughs) so i was just like i got his son to film my film clip and then i fucking outsold Outsold his old man but the thing that was hilarious to me was like i'm not like being the top seller on Bandcamp wasn't like, whoa, I fucking sold so many copies. I knew how many copies I sold. For me, so for me, I was like, fuck, that's a bad week for you guys. You go. like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I sold like 200 copies, but that means he sold less than 200 copies that week. Yeah, like, fuck. I wonder if it eventually ended up gaining a bit more traction. Oh, no, I listened to the album. It's fucking trash. It's trash? Yeah. Oh, no, There's good. a reason he's most people's, regarded as most people's like least favourite Wu-Tang member. member. Yeah. It got out of hand. They had like 640 members there at one point. Oh, dude, when I was in New York, I swear I met a different fucking Wu-Tang member, every, like Wu-Tang yeah, affiliate part of the Wu-Tang every other clan. day. You'd be walking like through fucking Chelsea Heights and some guy would come up to you with, you know, trying to sell you CDs. You'd be like, yeah, man, I'm in the Wu-Tang. I'm like, I, I don't recognize you. <laughs> yeah, well, no. <laughs> Rizza, Jizza, old dirty bastard inspector. No, bro, not you. Not you, dog. <laughs> And then, yeah, they'll have the CD with the logo on it. And it's just like, okay, man. Like, And then you, it's like you'll see featuring Method Man on it. You're like, okay, well, maybe. So like, you, He's not even featured on no, it? No, you, you get at home, you listen to it, and it's just an old Method Man verse that he's like tacked on to the end of his song. You're just like, you can't fucking do that, bro. Like, Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like when you go overseas, you'll get those guys like in London. Oi, bruv. Oi, man. Oi, bruv. Mad respect. Like yeah. <laughs> some guy like saw me wearing Nikes. Oi, bro, I love your J's, man. Mad respect. Oi, man. I'm trying to make it as hip hop artist, bro. He's like, would you would you mind buying my CD, man? I was like, all right, I'll buy a CD. How much do you want, bro? Five quid. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's reasonable. Go yeah. home. It's a blank CD. Yeah, and I'm like, you fucking cunt. So I was dodgy. like, you had me. And he's just like, he probably just finds every white dude in a pair of Jordans. And he's I just did. Like, I, I got bailed up in, in Times Square, a couple of dudes. Same thing because I was dressed in like hip hop kind of shit. Oh, you like rap music, blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't expect me to have a backpack full of fucking CDs at the same time. It was like a... <laughs> we're, comp- doing a we're doing a trade. I said, we'll do a swap. I'm not fucking... You know, I'll swap you my CD for blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, uh, that's... The-. I'm like, I know what you're trying to do. You're just trying to make some... But like... I'm trying I'm, to do that I'm too. also trying to fucking sell CDs. So what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, like begrudgingly, <laughs> we're like, I'll take your fucking CD. That's hilarious. Um, so <clears throat> how old were you when you started doing comedy? Uh, 35, yeah. Is there any similarities to your writing process between songs and... No. No? Um, I guess it, the similarity is, like, I studied the shit out of it before I started. So, like, and, like, was... I've watched, like, not... I won't say I've watched every comedy special, but, like, since I was a kid, like, I got delirious on cassette tape yeah um that and uh robin williams live at the met and i think my parents had like richard Pryor, one of his on vinyl and then 
the all the Australian stuff, Kevin Bloody Wilson, Cole Elliott, all those things. Um, so I was always listening to it as a kid, and whenever anything new, back when there was one comedy special every fucking three years or whatever, I'd always seek that stuff out because it was just like, what is this? Who like, how do you do that? Like, how is that a fucking thing? Because it was such a rare thing in entertainment, like eighties, nineties. Um, especially here, like you didn't have, there wasn't a big scene or anything. You'd see maybe a stand-up comedian on Hey Hey It's Saturday or something once in a blue moon. Yeah, the footy show every now yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then once I, you know, got in my teens and realised the comedy festival was a thing, I'd go like every year and try and see as many shows as I could. Um, but always had this like desire to want to try it and do it, you know. Thing I'm sure heaps of people say, like I was always like the funny guy in the group, or people were like, "Oh yeah, you're really funny. You should." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know how to fucking how to start. Where do you go? What do you do?" Yeah. And um, because I was into music as well, and did that, and kind of got some traction with that. That's kind of the path I went down. But would find myself like when I was doing sets that like in between songs, I was trying to do bits, like not even realizing that's what I was. I was doing so like my interactions with the audience were always almost like roasting people that were in the audience and then <laughs> if it started to go bad I could just go into another song um but yeah the process of writing was like I yeah I listened to as much hip-hop as I could and then like tried to imitate what I was you know like what I liked and then put it into my own voice um same with comedy was like, okay, well, what, who do I like? What do I want to be like? Um, and what were the kind of jokes that I liked? And so for me, it was like short, sharp, one-liner kind of stuff um, and stories. Found that I wasn't very good at telling stories that much. So I like focused on format jokes and um, yeah, one-liner jokes that, you know, if it doesn't work, cool, there's another one. If that doesn't, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. If, and then the five minutes is over. Fuck, cool. None of them worked. Great. <laughs> On my way. Scrap them. Let's start Good some day, more. Sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I got lucky in the sense that like I started, um, did the same thing when I started comedy as I did when I started in hip hop was like, oh, I can't get a gig. I'll start my own gig. So like when I was started off in hip hop in Melbourne, started running my own sh monthly show, put on the friends that I knew from the open mic rap scene on and a lot of them went on to do well and then i'd start put bigger acts on get acts coming in from interstate and stuff like that and it was the same with comedy i started doing comedy i had a friend who had a, a like an event space and he was like oh yeah man we'll put on comedy once a month if you want or once a week i think it was weekly to start with um and did that that's how i met everybody in the scene i ended up dating somebody in the scene and she introduced me around she was a bit more well established than me so she introduced me around to everybody so I kind of feel like I got to skip a few levels as well because I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I got to hang around with kind of mid-level comics straight away as opposed to being with micers. open micers straight away. Um, you know, I still had to do the open mic gigs, but the conversations and information I was getting with people that have been doing it 10 years already. Um, so yeah, and that like that, that gig, Dumpster Fire Comedy, did really well for a couple of years. Um, bit different. Like, it was in a shop front. You could smoke weed there. We were selling spliffs over the bar. and What? Yeah. Um, we moved that from then to a big, like, a bigger warehouse. We did, like, a comedy festival run there where we ran 
six, seven shows like throughout the festival, um, including my own one, um, Unlikable, which is up on YouTube. Uh, it's like 20 something minutes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had the hour booked, but I had someone do like 15, 20 before me, then I did 20. Um, there's actually more to it, but there's bits of it cut out because the audio and shit wasn't work, but what was usable ended up being about 25 minutes. Um, so yeah, we did, uh, the, f- yeah, the festival run with Dumpster Fire, um, had yeah a bunch of different comics come do that. Um, so mo- yeah, moved to a bigger warehouse that ran for a while till they got kicked out of the warehouse. And then we did one more at a new venue, which was an old doctor surgery. So <laughs> it was literally, I love the venues of these. Yeah, dumpster yeah, yeah. Fires. Well, that was sick. the whole thing about it. It was, it was, suppo- it was like a point of difference. I didn't want, like I thought, like if I'm gonna get a n- known or whatever, I'll, I have to do something fucking different. Like if I just get a bar, just like every, like the, at the moment, there's like a fucking million and one. Every it's like every second comedian in Melbourne has a fucking open mic, like runs an open mic. Yeah, um, they're a hassle to run. As oh well, fuck, bro! Like I, I remember every week I was just like fuck this, and that's why like after COVID, I started running them monthly. And we'd do two shows in the one night. So we'd run one at like 7.30 till 8.30, or 7.30 till 9.30 and then run like a 10 o'clock till late show. Yeah, Two cool. different audiences. And like we ticketed, like they were free tickets, but they were, it was like you had to go book tickets. People who knew about, and it, like because it was like up back fucking alleyway and shit, it wasn't like we had foot traffic or anything like that. You had to kind of know about it. Um, but we got fucking good audiences most of the time. Some like, not gonna say all the time. Sometimes it was fucking no one, or it was the five weirdos that had like known about it from the start. Like there was these specific fucking weird Coburg people that like had walked past one day and seen it and gone, "Oh fuck, I belong here." And would t- turn up every time. My people. Yeah, yeah. There was like, this old, old fucking Turkish guy, bald guy, and a fucking big leather jacket. He'd always turn up eating an ice cream, no matter how fucking hot or cold it was. <laughs> And he can't, but he'd come every week, like every month, whenever we had a show, he'd turn up and he'd sit there, like have a really good time. He didn't laugh very much. Like he just sat there and enjoyed the whole show. But then like at the end of the night, he'd go up and talk to all the comics individually and would talk to me. And I'd be like, do you like, is this something you want to do? Is that like why you feel? And he's like, oh, maybe like, oh, maybe one day, like really quietly spoken. But I never did comedy or anything, but he was there. Rain, hail, shine. Every fucking gig, this guy would turn up. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of... Because of the, the weed smoking and stuff, there was always a lot of, like, hippies and just burnouts and whatever who'd come for the weed. You know, the guy that ran the venue was selling drugs. So when we had the shop front one, the show would be going on and people would be walking through the show just to go to the back to, <laughs> to score and then would walk back through the fucking show. That's fucking wild. Like when you said that you were selling doobies over the bar, it's was like, what is happening yeah, here? Yeah, four, 420 for a spliff. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, I mean, we didn't have a license, liquor license or anything like that, so we just buy a slab, sell tins for five bucks each. and um, Yeah, man, it was fucking, it was a really, really good time. It um, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and like it was, you know, people refer to it as kind of like a work in progress show. There was no like, there was no fucking PC police. There was no like, whatever you want to do. I didn't necessarily time people's sets too much. I'd like, I'd just book who I thought was good um, and be like, go as long as you're doing well. If you start to suck, like if you start to bomb or things aren't going well, 
bail and let the next person get up. But so, you know, we had a guy, Flemo, who's a bit of a uh, Melbourne comedy institution. He uh, He's kind of like Big Jim. Yeah, right. In, in, in all the good ways. Um, he would, uh, he did an hour 20 uh, to close one night. <laughs> Um, and he did it. He had all of his jokes in a like a notebook, and he got people to yell out num. And he had it numbered, and people would yell out numbers, and he'd just do the corresponding. He'd like look it up either on his phone or in the book, and then just do the bit according to the number. Did an hour and twenty minutes. That's fucking funny as. And then he, we booked him maybe like six months, a year later. He did it again, and he did two hours ten. Not repeating himself. Not like just and. Killed for fucking two hours, bro. That's fucking sick. Yeah. What a wild concept. Like, yeah. I remember um, at one point I was trying, like, just different random improvisational yeah. stuff. Because, like, some of the funniest things are just shit that you do around your mates. And yeah. when I was living with a few housemates, um, they had this jar and they it was just one word in this jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to take that out. And then draw it so it could be like herpes, donkey, yep. something else. So then you'd have to draw like a, a donkey with herpes. And then at one point, one of the boys is like, do you reckon you could, you could make like a bit out of this? And I was like, oh, probably. Yeah. So then like they would throw different accents and stuff in there. So yeah, then you'd yeah, pull yeah. it out. So it'd be like, yeah, Scottish guy, hemorrhoids. And yep. Yeah, like car accident. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> bang, there's your premise. Like so, just go on. It's just like I've crashed me fucking car, me emeralds. Like <laughs> it's just silly, but like no, I, no. I was like, like my, as soon as you gave me the three things, my brain started going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> uncomfortable in his seat. <laughs> got in such a bad car that I got emeralds. Yeah. The, do- um, the donut that he was sitting on to stop his hemorrhoids got stuck in between <laughs> the accelerator and his foot, and yeah, away you go. Something could happen, and. uh I think the funniest thing, like, they were like, do you reckon you could make prank calls out of this? And I was like, 100%. Oh, man. And they go, let's let's see what we can do. So one was like my, uh, that one scenario was, so I had to mention three things in the prank call. One was my father-in-law has one leg that's shorter than the other. Yeah. The other was halal. Yep. And the other was... Um, it was something to do with it was something to do with like not liking your mother in law. So we called this restaurant. Um, coincidentally, it was in Queanbeyan, the restaurant yep. that we call. And I was like, "Yeah, I'd like to make a booking because it's like it's my it's my mother in law's birthday, but like she's a bit of a bitch, you know. Like I don't really <laughs> like it too much, but we need to go somewhere that has halal food. Is your food halal?" And they're like, "No, our food's not halal." <laughs> And so I was like, look, like there might be one person, like, you know, like my father-in-law who's got like one leg that's shorter than the other. <laughs> He's going to ask if the food is halal. It doesn't matter because honestly, you can't taste the difference, right? But would your staff members be willing to lie and just say that the food is actually halal? <laughs> like how many people is going to come? Like probably about 23 at this point. So we booked this full table <laughs> for a day, giving them a number. And like, yeah, this restaurant fully agreed. They're like, all right, everyone will know. Like, it'll be it'll be written down to our staff if anyone asks if the food is halal. It's a hundred percent halal food. <laughs> <laughs> like, just to see all the shit that we could just like pull out and just like, yeah, yeah keep man. going, just keep pulling random shit fun. out. So I tried to do that on stage one day. We called a, we called uh, another restaurant, 
um, it didn't have the same magic as what it did at home. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, fuck, like, I, I don't know. I'm going to scrap this idea. But, um, yeah, those random shows, man, they're yeah, just man. like, and, and just coming up with random material is, I don't know, that's, it's all part of the fun process of yeah. just trying to figure out. I used to love booking really fucking weird acts to just throw in the mix. So it'd be all straight stand up. And then I'd have a chick who did fucking balloon animals or something and just chuck her into the middle of the show. Just a sort of random just to see what the fuck would happen. See and what happens. There's a guy, Nicky La, who does a bunch of characters and stuff. And his stuff's fucking wild. Like he did one where he basically destroyed the whole fucking room. Like he was breaking glasses. Was He taped off, like he had caution tape, taped the whole audience, like was going through the audience, taping them up with tape, <laughs> throwing co- Like one of his bits that he does in a lot of his characters is he'll like do like crowd work, not even talking, but he'll go and talk to the audience and get them to do something for him. Like, oh, can you move this box over here? And when he does it, he just picks their fucking drink up and sculls it. <laughs> so he's like taking drinks and then trying to exchange buttons for people. Like, oh, can I have your drink and give them like a handful of buttons and then take their drink and scull it. He finished the set by like pulling one of the fucking monitor, big monitors off the back, lifting it off and running out, throwing it in his van. But he realised that he'd lost his keys through all the craziness and all the breaking shit and putting he'd like lost his keys somewhere in the venue. So he couldn't drive the van off for the end of the bit. So he's improvised, jumped out, run off and grabbed the fucking shopping trolley, thrown the fucking speaker in the shopping trolley and just taken off into the night with his shopping trolley. He's left this with his trashed room. The audience pitched in and cleaned up the room with us, like picked everything up, put everything away. <laughs> The guy who ran the room's back by this point. It's like, where's the speaker? I'm like, oh, Nicky's got it. It's all good. And we had to be quiet by this point because, you know, neighbours, blah, blah, blah. Well, here comes fucking Nicky like a bat out of hell. He's been gone 20 minutes, comes back with the shopping trolley. And comes bursting into the fucking place with the shopping <laughs> trolley. And the guy's like, dude, you need to calm the fuck down. And Nicky just like drops out of character. Oh, yeah, sorry, man. Puts the fucking speaker back up and... Oh, thanks for cleaning up, guys. Did anyone find my keys? And we're like, no. So no one found them? We didn't find the keys. Fucking hell. Um, it turned out that uh, he previously he'd stashed them in like the guitar case or something. Like he had taken them out of his pocket and put, put somewhere safe. Yeah. But it took him like, he didn't get them that night. I had to leave the van there. It wasn't until he came back and went through everything in his van that he went, oh, fuck's sake, they were in the guitar case. But yeah. And yeah, Nicky would do all kinds of weird shit. Um, and yeah, you then would have like musical comedy or I'd book someone I know who was just fucking terrible and throw them in between two pros just to be like, all right, let's see what fucking happens here. Yeah. Um, probably a good way for them to learn, but yeah, in a way. It's the, fu- it's, you know, throwing someone in the deep end, like you swim. Walk, you walk away after a bomb and you're like, <sighs> yeah, I go home. If I bomb, I go home. Like on the walk back to the ferry, I'm like, why the fuck would you think that would work? You yeah. fucking idiot. I think I watch those back more than I do when I crush or do even just do okay. I watch like a bomb back, like fucking fight footage. Yeah, like, you learn. You learn though. You're like, oh, like what did I do wrong? I used to have a joke where, um, I realized that like the the wording of it, so it's. Like, basically, I fucked this person. And then, like, it was just a really harsh delivery for Canberra standards that when I said, oh, you've never had an affair with a married person before. Like, like, I've never fucked, like, you've never fucked a married person before. Yeah. You've never had an affair with a married person before. 
And it, that was it. Yeah. And that took me so long to realize. Yeah, 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 <laughs> to yeah. realize I'm like, this bit's good. Like it's a, it works, but it's not working. Why energy, is it not working? Energy too is a, a big one. Like energy's I'll, huge. I'll watch myself and be like, oh, I wasn't in a good mood. I wasn't feeling it, and it came across. Yeah. Like, I like, and I won't see it initially, but then I'll watch it a few more times and go. Oh, I was just in it. I was just like, uh, just delivering. Like, all the wording was perfect, but there was no brightness in my voice. It was just all... Even if you come across as, like, somewhat nervous... Yeah. They yeah, yeah, they yeah. just eat you up. Like, yeah. the other day, like, I was like, oh, fuck, just try new shit. And I just had three new bits, and I'm like, I'm going to try these new bits. And then I was, like, a little bit fidgety with the mic stand, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm a bit nervous. And then... It's straight away they just knew. And yep. then on Wednesday night when uh, the one that just passed, it's like, I'm just going to try new shit, yeah. man. Like, you've written a new joke. Just fucking tell it. See what happens. Yeah. Opened with a bit that knows works. Got them on side and then just went straight into just new bits. Yeah. And then, like, tried two two or three new bits and they all worked. And I was like, oh, f- what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's something to be said for that. Weird. Like, saying something new with the confidence of something you've said a million times before. Yeah. Like, this is going to work. Yeah. As opposed to like, um, guys, go with me on this, please. Yeah. You know? And I even made the mistake after the last one. I was like, sorry, guys, that was a new bit. Yeah. And then everyone's like, all right, you fucking loser. That works one one or two ways. It get, yeah, you either get the fucking who cares or they will be like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. We'll, 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 give, you, we'll give you a break on this. Try the next it again. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've spoken, about, um, we've spoken about a few things. I'll be conscious of your time because. Um, don't want to keep you here all afternoon. Uh, we've spoken about writing techniques, the difference between um, hip hop and and yeah. and that. Is there any like writing techniques that you would give as advice to people? Like if anyone's listening and they want to try comedy, or if probably the best one I got was um, it's a from Doug Stanhope, something that he would do, and it was uh, so writing format jokes, like trying to write a good knock knock joke. Or a, um, how many uh, people does it take to screw in a light bulb joke? So like uh, established format. So ones, you know, why does a chicken cross the road? All that kind of shit. Like just, or, you know, so and so, so and so, and so, so walk into a bar. But then trying to do your own version of that. Because it, it give, you've got the format. That's already there. You don't have to worry about, well, how does this joke work? Because you know exactly how the joke works. You know where the setup is. You know where the punchline goes and all of that. And this is like if you're really new to writing it. And also sometimes they're, they're fucking really hard to write. Like you think, oh, it's easy to write a who, how, how did the, why did the chicken cross the road joke? But it's fucking not. It's like, because you'll keep going, oh, no, that's been done. 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 Um, so an example for uh, like one that I got was uh, how many gay men does it take to screw in a light bulb? One. They're fucking men. <laughs> right. Um, or, yeah, how many Indian men does it take to screw in a light bulb? Ten. One to screw in the light bulb and nine to hold the ladder down. It's a rape joke. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, they're not great, but it gives you that space to work on a format and you're working, like, turning yeah. the bolts of it. And so... And if you get one or you don't get one, you're exercising that muscle. And while you're doing that, other thoughts are going to pop into your head and you'll go off on your own tangent of, oh, well, this is the kind of joke I'm trying to tell. What's the funny part of that? And then your material will float out of that. Um, 
But I mean, for me, it's a lot of my stuff's autobiographical and it's a matter of, it's not always true, but it's that thing of what what's something funny that happened or where's the funny part in that? Yeah. And then... You add the garnish. Yeah. You add um, garnish to the dish. And you, you, you put it into... So using that format thing of like, okay, so where does... How do I turn this from just a thing that happened into here's the setup, here's the punchline. Um, that's how I do it anyway. Just um, be, just before when we were talking about slideshow comedy and, and all that kind of stuff, the yeah. only time I've wanted to do slideshow comedy and that, like, and it, I think the only time it would work in any of my material mm. is the fork in the dick story. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, where and, you can be like, and, and here it is, bang, and yeah. it's just like further, like because when you first hear, like, an old man came into the hospital yeah. with a fork stuck in his dick, I think automatically you think like the pronged end that you that you'd stick into like, your food and eat, but it's the handle end that, no, he, well, had, that's what, that's that he had stuck. I in. imagined it that. And his dick looked like a fork, yeah. Yeah. So, and, I, and it's just like that. This is a, it's a true story. Like anyone can yeah. Google it. And I was just like, how is this? Like this is real life, fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Why is this not translating on stage? Where, like, what does it need? Because I can't see it. Yeah. And I think it, they, they might need the visual, or they might. Well, I think the visual for that stuff, like when it's a story that's so quote unquote unbelievable that you could be like, well, actually. Bang! There it is, and that's going to get a fucking that'll get huge a pop. laugh. Yeah. yeah, well, either a laugh or a fucking. In that case, probably a, ah. Everyone would be like, everyone would just like, yeah. There's a few things like you don't like seeing. Like I don't like seeing eyeball injuries, and like yeah, you see someone get kicked in the dick or like a dick yeah. injury. You all you just got four. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh gee whiz. <laughs> nah. The idea of anything going into a dick is always just like ah. So weird. Like it. and and. The thing that I always find curious about this guy, like I sent that to my I sent that to my brother the other day, just the photo, just out of the blue, no context. He's an X-ray of a dude with a fork in his dick. He's like, "What the fuck?" And like he he's he just goes, "How do you get to that point?" Yeah. And like I've got no idea. Like you must have watched so much porn. Yeah. You must have been so like, because most of the time you hear about dudes sticking things up their ass. Yeah. They're like, "There's a G spot up there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Some chicks will give your head and try to yeah. stick a finger up their ass. We're aware whatever. that people like putting things, things up their ass. Yeah. The, it's the fucking, like, where did the but, thought, like, not just the thought of, like, maybe I could put something down the eye of my dick, but maybe that'll, I reckon that'll feel good. Like, my, my how can it fucking feel good, bro? My cousin said the funniest thing because I sent him the photo as well. He goes, you never get caught on the first time. <laughs> 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 he goes, what was that cunt doing? Yeah. He goes, imagine all the other items that he's yeah, had in there. Sparkler, the fucking... It would've, he would have had to start thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to start thin. Yeah. Cocktail straw, like the fucking... The, with the, with the <laughs> little umbrella. Franklin umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that this cunt just comes out, whips his dick, and then <laughs> boing, 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 this little umbrella just pops out. When he comes, it fucking the umbrella opens, <laughs> yeah. It's a little catcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, you would have, yeah, skewers. Like there would have been, there would have been some obscure shit that he would have stuck down. But it was you the other when you brought it up, and the, the I don't know, it was uh, uh, Ethan and Mitch when they were asking the nurse, and she said the guy had the lolly jar stuck up his ass. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine like what kind, like 
when I first thought Lolly Joe, I was thinking like fucking. Yeah, I'm thinking a big thick boy, jar. right? Like yeah. We can't really stick that up. I was thinking, you know, those thin ones that like you get the boiled sweets in. Like Nan would have those. I was thinking, well, that's kind of dick shaped. Maybe he got that up there. Again, just why glass? Glass, dude? man. Like, and I've, if you're gonna put glass up there, it needs to be solid, like a fucking glass dildo, bro. Like, yeah. Don't don't put something that can break. Like, nah. If you you ask. Is a strong fucking muscle, bro. Yeah, one man, one jar. Like that <sighs> circulated around my school, and I was like, I don't even need to watch this. Nah, I don't want to know. Like about I've it. I've heard like I've heard my friends tell me the intricacies of that, and I'm like, nah. I just don't. Yeah, there's just certain things like even though it's dick shaped or a shape that's pleasurable, why the fuck would you? Nah, hard pass. Yeah. So we like to kind of wrap up each episode with a bit of a segment that we call the Sunday roast. Sure. Let's hit this. The Sunday roast. And thank you to the gentleman I stole that from. <laughs> 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 Made a song on YouTube and I went, yoink. So if I can ever remember your name, mate, I'll uh, give you full credit. But until then, you've been plagiarised, my boy. Was it in regards to an actual roast? Like no, it was in regards to... The old Channel Nine football um, show, okay. the Sunday roast. Okay. So, um, yeah, being an AFL bloke, yep. there was yeah just some shitty talk show called the Sunday roast, and they talk about rugby league on Sunday mornings. Oh, we had the we had the Sunday footy show as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like the PG version of the the weekday one. Yeah. 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 Exactly right, and it's just like all like the B team. Like the yep. B side of the media team, and yep. it's just like here's Vo- here's Vossy with some other fuckwits that no one likes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Um, so I've decided that um, this week that we can roast Qatar. That's where the 2022 Soccer World Cup is. You don't strike me as a soccer fan. It's one of the few sports that I can't fucking stand. I don't like it either. I, I can't understand how you have a net that fucking big and you can't kick the cunt in there once. Dude, my dad said something pretty interesting. He goes, why not just make the goals half a metre wider and, like, maybe half a metre taller? And he goes, it would be a way more entertaining sport sure. if it was, like, 9-7. Yeah. But, I mean, the goals are already fucking enormous. Like, it's one dude standing in front of them. <laughs> NBA, the ring is barely bigger than the ball. Yeah. Like, barely. And you've got a seven-foot fucking five monster standing in front of that cunt, and they get it in there 120 to fucking 89. Like That's true. Or make the points worth more or something. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, six six points a goal for soccer. Why not? It's, it's the same with, like, rugby and, and AFL or whatever. Goals worth, what, six points? Yeah, four, four points for a try yeah. and two points for a conversion. Yeah. So, and rugby, no one watches anyway, so couldn't yeah, tell you. facts. <laughs> um. Yeah, so fuck soccer. Is Australia even in it this year? Australia got qualified, um, but it wasn't like so. It's not the World Cup that I'm that I'm roasting. I don't give a fuck about the World Cup. Right. It's actually the country. Okay. So Qatar has a bunch of rules. So here are some of the rules. You cannot if you get caught with public intoxication. That's a jailable offence. Well, that's a good place to have the World Cup, then, isn't it? Yeah. If you get caught, no drinking piss at yeah. the world's biggest sporting event. Yeah. If uh, if the athletes get caught having premarital sex, it's a jailable offence. Oh, well, they're not known for that. No, not at all. And, uh, like, how do you think we get these superstar athletes? <laughs> they go to the Olympics every four years and fucking recreate. 
And then the other one was uh, if you get caught with cocaine, it's the death penalty. Okay. So based off that information, I don't know if you've actually heard this, Colombia's withdrawn. They go... (laughs) 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 No sex, no booze, and no cocaine. Well, fuck, we'll just stay here, dude. We cannot play in these inhuman (laughs) conditions. Borderline French, but hey, we'll roll with it. (laughs) But yeah, like I just... Like why are we having... Like the World Cup should be a celebration. Yeah. And irrespective of whether you like it or not... It's nations coming together. Yeah, it's like it's the supposed the world game. Yeah. And you're taking it to like your creepy uncle's house. Yeah, fuck that. Like how did they get it? Oh, a lot of um a lot of money. Sheiks like, and, and so yeah, oil they, they and apparently they illegally like not illegally, they they bribed a lot of people. They okay. bri- they bribed FIFA. So the same way any massive how, sporting events gets anywhere. Muslim country so that that explains the no sex, no drugs, no alcohol. Alcohol, but fuck, like, what's what are you gonna do? What are they doing instead? Shisha? I, I honestly don't. I don't like, and fucking, you can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. I don't give two fucks. If you think that there's a blue Martian that's the fucking creator of the universe, all hats off to you, bro. Yeah. Believe whatever the fuck you want. But like, why would you try host this event if you've got all these fucking wacky rules, like? So what are they? What are they going to lobby for next year? Sexpo. Yeah, we're going to have a sexless sexpo. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know. I just it we're just covering all of the porn stars head to toe. You can look through the eye slit, and that's it. <laughs> they've got the they've got the fly mesh one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can barely see it. Is this fucking is it Angela White or is it fucking Barry White? We don't know. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Imagine if Barry White made a porno. That'd be red hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, fuck. I just don't understand, like, why they. I guess there's the prestige of it, right? Oh, we're hosting the World Cup, where all eyes are on Qatar. They had the wrestling. They've had. Is this? It's in. Is it in Saudi Arabia? Mate, fuck. It's in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's Qatar or it was a different place, but the WWE's been going to one of these countries as well recently, and um, there's so, it's. Millionaire sheiks are like, we'll we'll just give you a hundred million dollars to bring a WrestleMania sized event to our country, right? Yeah, okay. Women aren't allowed to wrestle. Legit, fuck. They eventually did let them, but they have to be covered like in fucking like jujitsu rashies, like to the wrist, hair covered, the whole fucking thing, which takes kind of the fun out of the female wrestlers because they're supposed to, you know, they're a bit sexy or whatever. Yeah, Trish nah, Stratus had mad knockers and that's exactly. why we liked it. No, nah, well, she's now, she's covered in a fucking, in, she's like she's going fucking in a wetsuit. She's wrestling in a wetsuit essentially. But the fucked up thing was they're so out of touch that they were asking for wrestlers that are dead. They were like, we want to see Macho Man versus the Ultimate Warrior. And it's like, they've both been dead for fucking <laughs> 10 years. I don't care. Make it fucking happen. Like, <laughs> Give you $100 million, you can make a Macho Man, Randy yeah, Savage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they, they, they've just so much fucking money. They're just like, yes, we want World Cup. Because the thing is, right, like that, it is a, pre- it's a prestigious event, but the reason why is it then will draw tourism to the comp- uh, to the country. Well, yeah, because everyone's – it's huge. It's like the Olympics. Everyone's going to come watch the fucking thing. Yeah, and then you get to see a little bit about the country. Oh, fuck, I've never thought about going there. I'll go there. Like the 2000 Olympics in Australia, in yeah. particular Sydney, was a massive wank off. Everyone yeah, – yeah, yeah. and then it just made people want to travel to Australia. Yeah. 
And then when they looked at Australian culture, there's some dinky die cunts that like drinking beer, and yeah. we've got some animals that'll kill you. But yeah. as long as you stay away from them, yeah. you can have a pretty good time. 100%. Qatar is just not selling me on this. It's just like, yeah, if you're pub- if you're <laughs> intoxicated walking from one bar to another, yeah. it's a jailable offence. Like, dude, imagine going out in any place in Australia and that was a jailable offence. You accidentally sit on your Panadol and we think it's cocaine, you're fucked. Yeah. Um. I just don't... Yeah, and like soccer, all the big soccer nations that I can think of are pissheads. You're English, you're French, and like piss or cocaine or both. Yeah. There's like, that's like two parts of the formula. So, yeah, I think you'd have to do both to fucking enjoy soccer. It's like not taking pingers and trying to listen to dance music. Yeah, just in there, what's going on? And everyone likes rooting. Yeah, as well, well. everybody likes rooting. Even these guys <laughs> like rooting. They're just yeah. like, fuck It's just like, up. what, we're not going to, f- like, how many forged marriages are just going to happen? Like, it's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be like Vegas weddings, you know what I mean? They're just like. They've put they've put a chapel in yeah. at the Athlete's Village because yeah. they're just like, look, I'm going to marry her, all right? And I'm going to I'm gonna marry a different woman every night for the whole <laughs> tournament. How many wives can you guys have? As many as I want. All right. Fucking great. This works out well then. Start mass producing rings. <laughs> you just like... <laughs> you're just getting the, the cheapest cubic zirconia that yeah, you can get. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, fucking that'll do. Wow. So yeah, absolute shit. And yeah, heck of the behavior. athletes. Like the athletes. Oh, we can't... We get knocked out. We can't get... We're, we're going to go home to get pissed. Yeah. I, I can't... Well, we get knocked out. I can't root groupies from different countries like what's the fucking point yeah like and and the funniest thing is i'm pretty sure they don't have state like they didn't have stadiums built like they're building custom-made stadiums now for people to go like or they have been for leading up yeah. you're leading up to it you're building all these things yeah but what sports do they fucking play there other than i guess soccer but they don't have a fucking and it's a, it's a desert bro like so it's like all right so you're playing a fucking oh, a they're gonna be playing in like 45 degree heat yeah as well. And you don't do much running in soccer. Like, no. fucking what is Jeez, going on? Fuck. Absolute, you know, absolute This, this almost might make me watch the fucking World Cup at this point. <laughs> I want to see fucking some beheadings. I want <laughs> yeah, people getting publicly stoned yeah. and not in the way that we like to do it, you no, know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, fuck. this would be good. <laughs> Let's uh, put more athletic events in the wrong fucking places. Yeah, just do like, do summer events where it's winter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll do the Winter Olympic Games on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Do, yeah. Um, <laughs> do track and field in, like, fucking Serbia, Russia, where it's just oh, yeah. next with Can we do snow. the next Olympics in Ukraine? Yeah. <laughs> What's left of it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Kiev 2028. <laughs> oh, all right, mate. I think we might wrap it up. Oh, man, thanks but, for having me. No, nah, fuck. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, you can catch myself or Joel at the Newcastle Comedy Club. Most Tuesdays we will be down there. Uh, Joel Pierce on yeah Joel dot Pierce on Instagram P E A R S E. Got there's ass in that name, baby. Correct, P ass. Yeah, P ass. Uh, also on TikTok, if you want to find yep, him on same TikTok, thing. same same username. Yep. So, um, yeah, get around us. We'll be doing some um, doing some more weekend gigs at the comedy club shortly. So, feel free to check that out. Head to the Newcastle Comedy Club dot com dot au. There'll be some local comics there. Uh, there'll be some headlining acts that all fucking rip, so make sure you check that out. But anyway, I appreciate it. As always, chill to the next episode. Peace. Supposed <laughs> to hit that at the end. Anyway.
How good's drinking on a Sunday as well? Pretty good stuff. Oh, the Lord's Day, brother. Got a drink. Otherwise, Jesus would be disappointed if we didn't. Smoke weed every day.